Praise the Lord. Welcome in, everyone, to another Soul of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And as always, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Uh, let's just continue to remember each other. Uh, remember um, our churches. Uh, remember all of our pastors. And uh, just remember everyone affected by this COVID-19. There, there are so many things that we need to be praying for right now. Uh, our country, uh, the shape that it's in, things going on, uh, different uh, killings and writings and, uh, and all different things as that. And, and uh, let's remember all the people in uh, Alabama and Mississippi that uh, uh, was hit with those uh, tornadoes over the week, uh, this week. I remember them. And uh, just uh, for, if you run out of things to pray for, always pray for me. I need it. I need all the help I can get. <laughs> Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this another privilege to be used of you. I thank you, dear God, for allowing me, Lord, to come on this podcast and and, and speak your word, dear God, as you, gave, as you give me the word to speak. And God, I pray, Lord, that you just be with each and every one of those that, um, that were Involved in the tornadoes down south, dear God, I pray, Lord, that you would just, God, just help them to uh, give them peace of mind and let them know that you're in charge and let them know that you're there and you uh, can help them get back on their feet. And, and Lord, just be with them and comfort their hearts, dear Lord God. Lord, be with each and every one still affected by this COVID-19, dear Lord. Just move in their lives and touch them, dear God, and touch our nation, dear God, and God, there are just so many things that's going on in this world right now. And God, I pray, Lord, that you would just touch each and every one in the world, dear God. Lord, that you would just, God, just be with them and just, Lord, just minister unto them. Lord, you know the needs of each and every one. And God, you're the only one that can meet those needs no matter what they are. And God, I just thank you and I praise you, Lord, for this privilege, dear God to be used of you. Now touch my mind, touch my lips. Dear God, that I may speak the words that you would have me to speak. For it's in Jesus' sweet name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to go back to Joshua chapter 24 again and try to uh, finish up uh, Joshua. Uh, I'm not I'm not saying we're going to, but I'm going to say we're going to try to. <laughs> but... Uh, Joshua is in review of Israel's history. And uh, as he is talking, he, he brings out some things that um, that I, I didn't bring out last time. Uh, but we're going to start reading in uh, chapter 24, verse 1. And Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Sechem and called for the elders of Israel and for their heads and for their judges and for their officers. And they printed, presented themselves before God. Now then, um, one thing I want to say is uh, in Joshua's farewell and uh, uh, speech in chapter twenty-three, he just he got the uh, the elders and he got all Israel together and the elders together and everything, and he spoke to them. Joshua spoke spoke to them. But now then, in chapter twenty-four, God is going to speak to the people through Joshua, and he, he uh, tells them that, you know, that Josh and verse 2, And Joshua said unto all the people, 
Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Your fathers dwelt on the other side of the flood in old time. Even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of nature, and they served other gods. Now then, if we will go back over into uh, Genesis chapter 12, I believe it is, and we go back over and they they talk about uh, Abraham and, and Lot's uh, family um, when they were born. They, the, I reckon everybody, the whole family, they uh, worshipped other gods and uh, and they didn't worship the one true God. But then the Lord called Abraham out and singled him out and told him, he said, I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave your family. I want you to leave everything that you have at this point and I want you to go where I want you to go, where I tell you to go. So at, uh, Abraham ended up in, in Canaan. He wasn't... Um, he didn't own anything in Canaan. He would, he just more or less just camped there for a while. And then he went on to Sechem. And this is where that, uh, but most of this book of, uh, 24, the chapter of 24 is where this is taking place is in Sechem. See everything from Abraham all the way up to where the children of Israel are right now had just made one complete huge circle. Abraham started out in Canaan and moved to other places. Jacob started out in Canaan and he moved down into Egypt or Israel uh, and he moved down into Egypt. Now then they left Egypt and they, they've come back around all the way right back around and they're right back in Canaan again. So, so they have, they have just kept circling around Canaan and it's took uh, several hundred years to get to this, to Canaan this last time. And in that time, God has blessed the land of Canaan, and he put the uh, Hittites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and all those nations, he put all those nations in the land of Canaan so that they could uh, basically have it ready and have it, uh, all that the children of Israel had to do was go in and take over when they, when they went in to possess it. There, there's already cities built, there's already houses built, there's all of uh, there's olive uh, vineyards planted. Uh, there's uh, uh, vineyards planted. There's there's everything that they need to just go in and start living their life in the land of Canaan. They they basically don't have to do anything. They don't have to build. They don't have to plant. All they have to do is just go in and 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 reap the rewards of the land. And in verse three, and it says, "And I took your father Abraham." from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. Now then this flood, uh, I was trying to figure out uh, because it said the other side of the flood and I, I trying to figure out what it meant because all the, the one flood that uh, we have talked about is the great flood when Noah built the ark and all the, uh, we got all the animals and, and Noah's family, uh, his wife, his sons and his son's wives was all the people that was left in, on the earth after the flood. But then I got to doing some research and everything and flood F L O D means many things. Uh, it means, uh, a great flow of water. 
a body of moving water, particularly a body of water rising, swelling, and overflowing, overflowing land not usually covered with water. In other words, it, it, it's a river. Uh, it's some type of, of body of water that is moving, and uh, it also means um, the water has overflowed the river, the seas, or whatever, and it has covered the land which uh, is not normally covered with water. But uh, on further research, I found out that uh, the other side of the flood meant the other side of the Euphrates River. They were on one side of the Euphrates River, and Abraham had to cross over the Euphrates River to get to where that the Lord could start using him and give him uh, set his covenant in place with him and start blessing him and his seed. See. See, you know, uh, a lot of these people that we have talked about in the Bible, uh, Joseph, uh, uh, Moses, Aaron, Joshua, they they have, they are on a journey to the promised land, but their their journeying takes them in different directions for different things, and most of the time, their journeys takes them to these places it takes them a long time before they get there you see moses he started out in the palace of pharaoh and and then he went to uh, care for his father-in-law's sheep and then he came back to egypt and he led the children out of egypt to the promised land which should have took four days three days which should have took three days and ended up being over 40 years so you know we don't never know what the journey that God has got us on, we don't never know exactly where it's going to end up or how long it's going to take. But when the thing about it is, is we need we need to trust Him and follow Him, and uh, dwell, don't dwell so much on the destination, but but learn from the journey that you're on to get to that destination. You know, the, a lot of times the journey that we are on is more, is a lot of times is more important than the destination because in order for God to use us and bless us when he gets us to where he wants us, we are going to have to learn some things and that journey to that destination is where we learn. So, you know, Abraham had to do a lot, a lot of uh, journeying to get to where this, the Lord can use him. And, you know, uh, Abraham, God told him, you know, that he was going to be the father of many nations. And his wife was barren. And, and I can just imagine Abraham saying, well, well how in the world is that going to happen when, when I can't, my wife can have children? But she did. The Lord blessed her, and she had a child, and God blessed this child immensely, and he ended up uh, being, Abraham ended up being the father of many nations. But he said, I took Abraham, Father Abraham from the other side of the flood and led him throughout all the land of Canaan and multiplied his seed and gave him Isaac. And I gave unto Isaac, Jacob, and Esau. And I gave unto Esau, Mount Seir, to possess it. But Jacob and his children went down into Egypt. And I sent Moses also and Aaron 
and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them, and afterward I brought you out. So the Lord's telling them, said, all right, this is, this is how everything, you know, these, the ones that uh, God is talking to right now, they, um, I, they, they did, they may have been children when they come out of Egypt, but they were very young and most of them were born in the wilderness, uh, because all the original ones that came out of Egypt, they died the 40 years that they wandered around because of their, uh, unbelief and, um, not uh, not doing the will of God uh, and going in and possessing the uh, promised land when they got there the first time. So all those died except for Caleb and Joshua. And uh, and and Moses and Aaron is God called them to go in. If you remember the burning bush and how that Moses argued with God about going down to Egypt and, and leading the people out of, out of Egypt, you know, he just, I know I can, I can relate to how Moses felt because when God calls you to do something, your first response is not me, not me. I, I have no idea. You know, I am not worthy to be doing what, what you have called me to do. But, you know, I found out one thing in talking to many ministers and teachers and, and uh, singers and things like that. God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. So, you know, God will, God will probably call you to do something, but more than likely it will be the one thing that you do not want to do. And he will, he will teach you and he will show you and he will give you the tools that you need to do that job. So Moses argued with him, and, and finally he, the Lord said, fine, your, your Aaron, your brother, is coming to meet you. He's wanting to see you. So he, he is very eloquent and, and, and can speak real good. So what, what we're going to do here is you're gonna, I'm going to tell you what I want you to say. You're going to tell Aaron, and then Aaron's going to tell Pharaoh and then tell the children of Israel. Well, eventually... Uh, when they they got out and they got to going and everything, Moses got over his, I guess uh, his speech impairment that he may have had, whatever it whatever it may have been, and his uh, and his fright or whatever it was, and because eventually he started talking to the people himself instead of using Aaron. It's funny how that God will will use you and he will he will teach you how to do things. And a lot of times you don't know that he's teaching you until it's all over with. You say, okay, that's the reason why you've done that. And I brought your fathers out of Egypt and you came into the sea and the Egyptians pursued after your fathers with chariots and horsemen into the Red Sea. And now if you remember, this is when they first come out. And after they come out and started uh, on their journey, Pharaoh decided that uh, he didn't want to let them go, so he was going to go get them. So he called for all of his chariots and all of his horses and all of his men and everything, and they loaded up and and saddled up and everything, and they went. They pursued after the children of Israel, and they was going to get overtake them and bring them back, because 
uh, Pharaoh had just let all of his free labor go. All the children of Israel was doing all, making all these bricks and everything for them, and it was all free labor. But now he's let them go. So oh, now then he's going to have to go get them. And he starts after them. And they come to the Red Sea. Now, this is like being, as the old saying is, being between a rock and a hard place. They couldn't go left, they couldn't go right, and they couldn't go backwards, couldn't go forward. But this is when the Lord told Moses, he said, stand still, tell the people to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. And this is the first time that God moved in a, in a really great way right there in front of them where they could see everything happening. But the parted the waters. And the water stood in a heap on both sides of them. And they crossed over on dry land. And then we go back, and then we go to Balak. Remember, Balak come out against the children of Israel, wanting to destroy them, and he couldn't figure out how to do it. So he sent for Baal, Balaam. And he wanted Balaam to come and to curse the children of Israel. Well, that Balaam got in trouble for in the first place for going. I think the curiosity got the best of him, so he had to go see how this played out. But anyway, he ended up blessing the children of Israel instead of cursing them. And uh, then he went over Jordan and came to Jericho. And the men of Jericho fought against you. The Amorites, the Pezrites, Canaanites, Hittites, Gergesites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and God delivered every one of them into their hand. You know, I'm, if you really get a chance and, and you really want uh, to really get into the, to exactly how God blessed these people, the, Isra uh, the Israelites, go in and find out how big some of these armies were that, that Israel went up against. I'm, we're talking about uh, huge armies. They was probably... For every one of, of the armed men of Israel, there was probably anywhere from 5 to 10 to 15 or 20. So it's like 20 to 1. But yet they God give them, give them over to the Israelites and they overtook took them and they destroyed them. And God helped out a lot. Now, the one thing I want, I want you to, to get right here, I about forgot this. The Lord told me this today at work. But, he, they went over, went over Jordan, and when God saw that they they was going to go over Jordan and they were going to do exactly what He wanted them to do, they had gotten to the mindset to where that they needed to obey God and they needed to do what God told them to do and exactly the way that He told them to do it if they were going to survive and they were going to get into this land that God had given them. So. They went over and they they overtook Jericho. You remember they they went out once one time a day for six days and they marched around the wall of Jericho. They went back to camp. Next morning they get up and they'd march around Jericho and they go back to camp. When God told them said on the seventh day, He said I want you to march around it seven times. And on the seventh time around, he said, I want the priest to blow on the ram's horns, and I want everybody to shout. And um, on their seventh time around, they did that, and the walls fell down flat, and they went in and took Jericho. And when the Lord decided, okay, 
they're going to do, they're going to follow me and they're going to do just exactly what I, what I say. Then he started helping them fight their battles. Sure, he gave Jericho to, Jericho to them, but that, I, I feel like that was a time of proving. Now then, we as children of God today, when, when we are first uh, give our heart and life to God and, and we are uh, going forward and things come against us and, and we have struggles and we have troubles and we have trials and, and we, we get to the point to where that, uh, you know, that we are doing the best that we can and we're, we're, we're asking God to help us and everything and we keep struggling and everything. It seems like that we are, are in a struggle for so long and God sees that we're not going to give up and we're going to press on no matter what, then he steps in and he starts teaching us and he starts leading us and he starts guiding us in the ways that he wants us to go to to endure some of these uh, troubles and trials that's coming upon us. And he also makes us stronger as we go through these things. So yes, there is there is a time of, of God proving us. Uh, not so much to him. He knows the outcome. He knows exactly what's going to happen. But he also wants us to realize that, hey, I can do this with God's help. I can do this. It doesn't matter what it is. I can do this. With his help, I can do all things. So then we get to depending upon him more and get following him more. And then he gets to working in our life more. So uh, on that note, when uh it, when God proved to Israel that they was going to follow the Lord and they was going to do what the, the, the Lord wanted them to do, and they had the confidence to go against armies that were greater than them and stronger than them, then the Lord started helping out. And the first thing that he done was sent hornets. In chapter or verse 12, And I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out from before you, even the two kings of the Amorites, but not with thy sword, nor with thy bow. And I got to uh, doing some research on these hornets, and I don't know exactly what type they were, but um, they they were they think that they were pretty much poisonous uh, hornets, and they lived in the ground. And I know around here where I live, we have yellow jackets that build their nest in the ground and any type of vibration around where their nests are and, and they'll swarm out to attack whatever it is. Now, whether that was the case here or, or the Lord had just sent the hornets from some other place, but anyway, I can just imagine all these hornets coming into these great armies and, and stinging people. And I don't know if they, the, the poison in them, if it made you sick, if it took your life or what, but uh, I can just imagine them getting stung and, and they're trying to get away from the hornets and they're not paying no attention to who's beside of them, in front of them or behind them. And they start slinging their sword and, and their shields and everything else that they've got. So, uh, you know, not only did the, the hornets take care of them, but they took care of each other also. So, you know, God, and then another time, uh, God sent hailstones, and he killed more with the hailstones than the children of Israel did. But this one fight here where he sent the hornets, 
They didn't, they didn't even have to raise a sword. They didn't have to raise to shoot an arrow because God took care of them. You know, he does us the same way. We're not, we're not fighting a, a physical battle. We're, we're fighting a spiritual battle. And God will take care of us just the same as he did for them. But we have got to prove to him that we are going to trust him and we're going to take whatever that is coming against us and lay it at his feet and walk off and leave it and let him work on it. Verse 13. And I have given you a land for which you did not labor and cities which you built not and you dwell in them of the vineyards and olive yards which you planted not do you eat. Now therefore fear the Lord serve him in sincerity and in truth and put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt and serve ye the Lord. All of those gods that Abraham's family served. There, oh, there's, there was so many gods in, in, in that time, uh, even in Egypt. And they, the children of Israel got to a, a uh, I guess, a lax state to where that, yeah, they, there's some of those gods that they, they were serving. They really were. And God said, you know, one time he winked at his ignorance, but now then we're in the promised land. Uh, you're going to have, you're going to have to straighten up and fly right. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, Choose you this day whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served that were on the other side of the flood or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is what, uh, this is Joshua talking here. He said, he told him, he said, now fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in truth. Or you can serve the gods that your father served before they came over the river Euphrates or the ones that you served while you was in Egypt and or the ones that uh, the gods are the ones that's in this land right now. You can serve them. There's nobody going to say that you can't, but there is also a blessing and a curse in there too. Serve God and do his will and do it was and, uh, in sincerity and in truth and follow him that's and he will bless you with this land and and uh, everything that it produces or you can serve all these other gods and god will take the land away from you take your freedom away from you take your life away from you so there's the curse but joshua said but as for me and my house we're going to serve the lord no matter what no matter what happens i'm going to serve the lord and the people answered and said, God forbid that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God, he it is that brought us up and our fathers out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage and which did these great signs in our sight and preserved us in all the way wherein we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out from but from before us all the people, even the Amorites, which dwelt in a land, 
Therefore we will also serve the Lord, for he is our God. He, they're saying, we've seen what God's done. We're going to follow him. We're going to continue to follow him. And we're going to continue to serve him because we know exactly who he is and we know exactly what he can do. But then Joshua comes back and says in verse 19, And Joshua said unto the people, Ye cannot serve the Lord, for he is an holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If ye forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you after that he hath done you good. In other words, you're going to have a hard time doing what you say you're going to do. It's, it's not going to be easy. And it really is not easy serving the Lord. It's, it's really not. It takes work. You have really got to want to serve the Lord, and you have really got to want to uh, do right. And you have got to want to to do away with evil and, and get your life in line to where God can use. You really got, it's, you've really got to want to do it. It's not something that we can take lightly. It's not something that we say, well, okay, Lord, I asked God to forgive me of my sins and he forgave me of my sins. Now uh, I'm going to go to heaven. Well, you know, there's, there's a lot of work in there because if you, if you go through the Bible and you read about all the different uh, apostles and, and disciples and how that they talk about uh, but the, living a Christian life as uh, putting your hand to the plow, uh, running a race, and doing all these things, fighting a good fight. This is all things that takes work. And living for the Lord is, is no different. We have, to, we have to really want to, and we have to really work for the Lord. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye are witnesses against yourselves that ye have chosen you the Lord to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore put away, said he, the strange gods which are among you, and incline your heart unto the Lord God of Israel. So there was, there was some strange gods that uh, they had been hiding and had not been telling anybody about. But see, it doesn't matter because God sees everything. The Lord knows your heart. He knows your thoughts. He, know, he knows what you're going to think before you think it. So we need, we need to put away all those things that's in our life that are unlike God. We need to put those away, and we need to put on the whole armor of God, and we need to put on a, a clean mind and a clean heart and, and put off the old man, the old sinful man and we put need to put on the new man with a new heart now therefore put away said he the stranger and the people said unto joshua the lord our god we will serve and his voice will we obey so they're they're saying they're going to obey no matter what happens so joshua made a covenant with the people that day and set them a statute 
and an ordinance in Sichem. And Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and took a great stone and set it up there under an oak tree that was by the sanctuary of the Lord. And Joshua said unto all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness unto us. For it hath heard all the words of the Lord which he spake unto us. It shall be therefore a witness unto you, lest you deny your God. So any time that they, they thought things that they shouldn't thought or started to do things they shouldn't do, all they had to do was look at that stone and, and remember what Joshua said, remember what God had said to him, and remember what they had said. You know, it, it's we, ha we have got things in our life or should have things in our life that remind us of who we are and who God is and remind us of where that we came from and remind us of where that we are striving to go to. So, yes, we, we need those, those statues, those, those things in our life that, that keep us in check. <clears throat> One of them is the Holy Spirit. We need that in our life more, more than anything, along with Jesus. And they keep us in check because uh, and it's called a conscience too and it keeps us in check and when we start to stray and we start to do things that that we shouldn't do then that conscience and those and uh, the holy spirit and jesus he will put us in check and we will we'll say hey i i'm not supposed to be doing this and god forgive me my lord forgive me for doing that and you know, for even thinking that, but yeah, it's, it's we need something in our life to uh, uh, to keep us on the straight and narrow. But uh, as as God and Joshua is going over all the things that that God has done for the children of Israel, and Joshua is is trying to get them to realize that uh, when all when everything is all said and done that. Yeah, you're going to fall, you're going to falter, but it's 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 the sin is not is not really the fact that you fail. The sin comes in when you don't ask God to forgive you, and and you think, well, you 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 uh, you say, well, it's all right. You know, God understands. Uh, I I read in the Bible, you know, where it said that you know that we're going to fall and we're going to come up short, and God understands. Yes, he understands that we are, but he also made a route of escape for us, and that is asking him to forgive us of our sins and turning from that sin, repenting of that sin, and doing, trying your best not to do it anymore. Some of them are harder than to resist than others, but it's a constant battle. You know, the children of Israel, when they got in there, they, they started almost from day one, they started the wars against the, the inhabitants of the land and they fought for many years and still fighting. Uh, they're still fighting wars. And, and when we give our heart and life to God, we start fighting our wars. And But we've got to remember one thing. Just like the children of Israel, our battles have already been won. As long as we obey the Lord and we do his will and 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 trust him and have faith in him, then he's going to fight our battles 
for us. All we have to do is be about the Father's business. Go out and tell the lost and dying world about the Lord and what they have, what the Lord has done for us. And that's what Joshua and them was doing. They they fought battles, but there's a lot of battles that they did not fight because the Lord fought them for them. So, you know, there's a lot of my battles that the Lord takes care of himself. You know, I've, I've often wondered, well, I asked the Lord one time, and I asked him to let me see all the things, all the <clears throat> the assembling blocks and uh, all the, the things that has that Satan has got laid in wait for me along my journey in life. And then I got to thinking about it, and I thought, no, Lord, I don't really want to see those things because it would probably scare me to death of some of the things that Satan has got in store for me, trying to get rid of me because of what I stand for. And, you know, we have got angels that are encamped around us, and they take care of those battles for us, and they they remove those stumbling blocks, and they 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 lead us around different things that Satan traps and snares that Satan has got set for us. As long as we follow God, they, they're going to be, this is their job. This is what they do. They take care of us and they keep us from falling. But you know, we still got to go through troubles and trials. We still got to go through them because those, those proves our proves us. Those, those are the things that makes us stronger in the Lord. And those are the things that, that God tests us, not for him, not for, him but for us to realize just exactly how strong we are and you know we we're going to go through those things but that's that's good it is really good you know so thank god for those times i know it's hard it, if when when everything it seems like the whole world and everything in it is coming against you and and you can't feel the lord and um, you're just you're just about miserable. I know it's hard to praise the Lord, but we really need to realize that those things are coming against us to to help us to grow and help us to get stronger in the Lord and help us to get closer to the Lord. So we need to ask the Lord if we can take His hand and if He will lead us and guide us through these things. Remember, Jesus is right by your side. He's not going to leave you, and whatever you're going through. He's going through it too. So we need to just turn everything over to him, take his hand and let him lead us through it. <clears throat> Not worry. Don't worry so much about coming out of it, but learn the lesson that God has got for us while we are going through it. Because a lot of times we, we um, put too much uh, time and effort and, and uh, everything on where this going to come out at the destination when we should be think, concentrating on the journey because the, the journey is, is really the journey is where that we get all the knowledge and everything and our strength and all of that to enjoy the destination. And Israel is not completely to the end of their destination, but they, they have got a real good start on it. They can, they can see the light at the end of the tunnel, but then they, they, they take detours that they shouldn't take. 
And we do that also in our life, in our spiritual life. We take detours that we we shouldn't take because the old saying is the grass looks greener on the other side, but uh, it ain't really. And we need to stay in the path where God set us and walk in it and walk with him and not walk away from him because we see something that we think is better in the long run, which when it gets right down to it, it's not. <clears throat> Verse 28, Joshua's death and burial. So Joshua let the people depart, every man unto his inheritance. And it came to pass after these things that Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died, being a hundred and ten years old. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timoth, Sarah, which is in Mount Ephraim, on the north side of the hill of Gosh. And Israel served the Lord all the days of Joshua and all the days of the elders that overlived Joshua and which had known all the words of the Lord that he had done for Israel. And the bones of Joseph, which the children of Israel brought up out of Egypt, buried they in Sechem in a parcel of ground which Jacob brought, bought of the sons of Hamor, the father of Sechem, for a hundred pieces of silver, and it became the inheritance of the children of Joseph. Now, if we go back to Genesis chapter 33 and start in uh, 17, uh, this is when Jacob journeyed to Sukkot and built his house and made booths for his cattle. And let's read that. And Jacob journeyed to Sukkot and built him a house and made booths for his cattle. Therefore, the name of the place was called Saku. And Jacob came to Salem, a city of Sechem, which is in the land of Canaan, when he came from Padan Aram and pitched his tent before the city. And he bought a parcel of a field where he had spread his tent at the hand of the children of Hamar, Sechem's father, for a hundred pieces of silver, of money. And he erected there an altar and called it Eloth and Israel. So Jacob bought this, this land a long time before the children of Israel got there for the second time. <laughs> you know, like I said, it, it, it goes around and makes complete circles. And they, when Joshua gave his, his life's speech and the Lord talked to the, uh, to the people before they died, they were in Sechem, uh, where that Jacob had brought that piece of land and that altar that he built was probably still there. And this is where that Joseph or Joshua was buried, was in that parcel of land that Jacob uh, bought all those hundreds of years ago. And Elzar, the son of Aaron, died, and they buried him in a hill that pertained to Phinehas, his son, which was given him in Mount Ephraim. So this is this is all come back around. And the Lord has blessed them greatly in, in um, going out before them and fighting their battles for them. And you know, the Lord has fought so many battles for me of things that of things that I have caused to come upon myself of things that have came up for other reasons. And, you know, 
I wouldn't exactly call it a battle, but sometimes we we get to wondering about why that we are in the place that we are in. But see, God was lining up. I guess God was letting Abraham and Isaac and, and all of those, uh, Jacob and all of those, he was letting them see um, a little bit of where that the children of Israel was going to end up eventually, where they was going to uh, have an inheritance in a land that flows with milk and honey because uh, Abraham and Jacob and they all they all at one time or another was in the land of Canaan and uh, they then they ended up in in Egypt and then they ended up uh, back in the land of Canaan again um, all of Abraham's seed so you know we we need to there is a certain place in every Christian's life that we are basically all going to end up in the same place. It's, it's a place where that God can use us and bless us and uh, a place to, where that we can be the closest that we'll ever be to the Lord uh, without going to heaven. And yes, we can falter and we can, we can lose that blessing and we can uh, cheat ourselves out of that blessing and we can stay on the other side of Jordan instead of going over Jordan into the promised land. But, if you stay on the other side of Jordan and you, you don't go into that one complete place that the Lord has for you, you can still be used to the Lord because you can, you can help others. <clears throat> see, the, uh, the Gadites, and, uh, see, anyway, the two and a half tribes of Israel that stayed on the other side of Israel, they still, they, some of their men had to go over and help the nine and a half tribes take over their uh, inheritance in the land of Canaan. They still had to go over. Then as people started migrating in and everything, they could tell the people, you know, exactly how to get over and show them the way into that. So we, we need to let the Lord use us and use us in whatever way that he has set in store for us. He's got a plan for our life. Now then we need to, um, to grab a hold of that plan and grab a hold of the Lord and we need to hang on and we need to make the journey no matter where it's at. Listen, I thank you all for listening. I hope you got something out of this. Until the next time, may God bless you. Thank you.